Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. with that mic in your hand. It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. Eric was tipped off by Ginger Baker, the drummer for Cream. Okay. Ginger Baker was contacted by the press and said, is Eric in jail yet? And of course, Mr. Baker said, I have no idea what you're talking about. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show here on the Rock School Radio Network. My name is Joe Burns. You are... Tammy Burns. Tammy, I'm going to give you a name. You tell me whether you've heard this name or not. Norman Clement Pilcher. P-I-L-C-H-E-R. Norman Clement Pilcher. No. No. Absolutely. Next to nobody knows this name, but I'll make you a bet you know the stories. Do you know the song by the Beatles, I Am the Walrus? Yes. Semolina Pilcher, climbing up the Eiffel Tower. Yes, I do know A lot that. of people are of the opinion that this walrus song is just a bunch of gibberish. Oh, oh, oh no. no. No, not at all. I get it. Um, John Lennon has made statements uh, that he was kind of shaking his head that Bob Dylan could get away with all these weird lyrics uh, that mean nothing. So he wrote this thing that everything means nothing. And I don't think that's the truth, especially because when he says Simolina Pilcher climbing up the Eiffel Tower, he's talking about Norman Clement Pilcher. All right. You've, you've pitched a heck out of it, who Joe. Is it? Who is he? Pilcher was a British police officer who was placed in charge of a brand new London drug squad. There was a couple power acts that were put through the British Parliament that gave him his power. In 1964, there was the Dangerous Drugs Act, which made the cultivation of cannabis marijuana dangerous yeah also in 1964 the prevention of misuse act criminalized the possession of amphetamines and in 1967 the dangerous drugs act doctors were required to notify the home office of addicted patients restrictions on prescriptions of heroin and cocaine for treatments of addiction were placed in put Okay, so what? Well, this fella, Norman Clement Pilcher, decided to make a name for himself by knocking over the biggest named clients he could. And it just ended up badly for him. What do you mean knocking over? Well, I'm going to go to, you know, at the bottom of the hour in every show, we do seven days and 70 seconds. Right. When we get to the bottom of the hour, uh, I think it'll be me that'll say this one. June 11th, 1966, Donovan becomes the first rock star busted for drugs by the newly vigilant London Drug Squad. The London Drug Squad was headed up by Norman Clement Pilcher. And what he did is he decided to basically pick the biggest rock stars of the day and bust them for dope. Go after them, huh? And so what I have here is the story of Norman Clement 
Pilcher here on Rock School, and I will tell you all about it. In case you're wondering, Semolina Pilcher, obviously, is one of the words that were given to him. He was also called Groupie Pilcher, and the first person he goes after, once again, is Donovan. And we'll come back, we'll tell you the story of Donovan, but first of all, I am the walrus, because Semolina Pilcher was climbing up the Eiffel Tower here on Rock School. I am the Walrus by John Lennon, obviously the Beatles. We're talking about Semolina Pilcher, Groupie Pilcher, Norman Clement Pilcher, who was in charge of the brand new drug enforcement agency, uh-huh. if yeah. you will, over in Britain. June 11th, 1966, a stakeout occurred at Donovan's flat on Edgware Road. The thing about Donovan is he really wasn't clever about his drug use. Really? He just flat out said, I use it. As a matter of fact, in the uh, in the, the documentary, A Boy Called Donovan, he talks about being a hash smoker. There's a 1965 track, which we'll play, called Sunny Goodage Street. And, and again, in that, he does. At about 1.30 a.m., a police officer dressed as a woman. I thought that was a weird way of putting it. Was it a guy? I think what they're saying is a police officer who was a woman, showed up but not in uniform. Oh, okay. I think that's what they mean, but But you poorly. don't know. I don't. It could have been a guy named Bob who decided to dress up as Phyllis. So he knocks on the door. She knocks on the door, asks to come in. Donovan's roommate, Gypsy Dave, lets her in, and nine police officers follow, and they find exactly what they thought they would find, like piles of hash. Wow. The guy was a smoker, and he ran sort of a head apartment where you could show up and smoke with him. Wasn't bothering anybody. Right. I mean, I'm of the opinion, I don't know about you, but I'm of the opinion if you're going to legalize the icky-sicky, let's go ahead and get it done. Mm-hmm. Personally, I don't much care for it. I've tried it. I don't much care for it. Right. But... It seems dumb to keep putting people away because of it. Amen, bro. But there you go. They find a ton of hash. Uh, He, Donovan, is taken away. And George Harrison and Paul McCartney uh, pony up the money for a lawyer. (laughs) And Donovan pays a $250 fine. He becomes the first of the celebrity busts by Pilcher. Now you say, is this it, Joe? Are you just going to tell us one bust after another? Well, yeah, for a little while. And you're going to start to hate this guy Pilcher more and more and more, except it really turfs out hard for him at the end. So you'll Uh feel much 
better. Here you go. Here's Donovan and that tune that I talked about, Sunny Goodage Street, here on Rock School. On the firefly platform on Sunny Good Street, a violent hash smoker shook a chocolate machine, involved in a eating scene, smashing into neon streets in their stoneness, smearing their eyes on the crazy colored goddess, listening to sounds. Of Mingus Mellow Fantastic My, 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 this My, my, Right, Donovan paid a 250-pound fine. Again, remember, we're over in England, so yeah. not dollars. 250-pound fine. That was back in June of 1966. Fast forward to February of 1967. Brian Jones. He had just returned from the Cannes Film Festival. Jones was contacted by journalists. Here's the thing about Pilcher. You're going to see as this goes on, you're going to make your, you know, you're going to ask questions of yourself. Did this guy really intend to sort of help out the anti-drug thought process in Britain? Or was his whole concept simply to make a name for himself by knocking over big people? Okay. Nice. So, yeah. And there's a story as well. I was going to get into this later, but I'll tell you right now. There's stories as well that once he knocks over one of these big people, Mm -hmm. what he does is he asks for uh, autographs. He asks for albums to be signed because he does have two young kids who love these people. He is really sick. Oh, he's a a jerk. I don't want to use the word pig because that's really a a bad name if you got a policeman around. Right. Okay. Pilcher bops in to Brian Jones' place, and it's interesting, again, because journalists wanted to know if he had been busted yet, because Pilcher, again, what are you really after these people, or are you after the idea of publicity? So it's been known that Pilcher and his group were sort of leaking out where they're going to go next uh, so that the press would be there when it happens. It says here, when Pilcher actually arrived at Brian Jones' place, they went straight to Jones's bed oh. and popped out a purple Moroccan-looking wallet uh. that had this iffy-looking grass in it. Jones said from the get-go, number one, I don't own that wallet. I don't know who owns that wallet, and I have no idea what in the world is in it. Now, look, Jones was a drug user. It's what killed him. Was it hash? Nobody knows what it is. This is the first of the uh, Pilcher plantings. (gasps) Oh, yeah. No, he didn't. Oh, he's Dirty. That's the thing. If you uh. if you think I'm praising this Pilcher guy, oh wait, he's gonna turf out real hard. Oh my god! At the end of this, but again, Brian Jones said, "Look, I I don't even know what that wallet is. It's not mine." And I'll sign an autograph for you. Get out of here. It's just that. I get the feeling that that wallet came along with Pilcher Mm -hmm. and 
my coming along with Pilcher, it was planted all the way around. So, we got to play something. How about the Rolling Stones? It's under my thumb. I'm here on Rock School. Coming into the first break, August 19th, 1968. Now, I'm going to do one previous to this. Uh, However, this is the one I wanted to do in the break because, again, I don't have a song for it. But there was a fella named Tubby Hayes. Uh, He was a jazz musician. It's real easy to find him. If you just simply go on the YouTube old device, you'll run right into it. But what happened was uh, he, Pilcher, and his group went into the apartment, the flat of Tubby Hayes, and they found all kinds of drugs. Tubby was in a bad, bad way. He's a saxophonist and, uh, at the time, a respected musician. It was so bad that Hayes put up absolutely no fight. Pilcher would drive the musician over to Sharing Cross Hospital. Mm-hmm check him in and then because of the laws the drug laws that were created registered his arrestee as a heroin addict so he tubby hayes not only was getting the help Uh that he needed but he had to sign paperwork stating yeah you're right i'm a heroin oh my gosh Mm. again it's easy to find his music at the end of the show you're looking him up you see his picture there yeah Yeah. absolutely Uh, at the end of the show if we have any time left i will put up uh, and play a song by Tubby Hayes. Who's listening to us here on the Rock School Radio Show? KSCL, Shreveport, Louisiana. Thank you for running the show. Back in a minute here on Rock School.
Okay, coming out of the break, now you may say to yourself that this guy Pilcher was just going after people that were using recreational drugs. Well, the big names probably were, but you looked up Tubby Hayes. At what age did he pass away? He was 38 years old. Yeah. He died June the 8th, 1973. That's, that's absolutely awful. Now, Hayes indeed was a heroin user, and obviously it took his life, so... No, not every arrest that was done by Pilcher um, was against people who were just recreationally using drugs because it was kind of fun. There were people like Tubby Hayes that put themselves into the grave by doing it. That said, let's back up about a half a year in 1967. Mick and Keith. No, yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's a lie. Come it on. Is, it is not a lie. Well, I, I say that it probably is a lie. And the reason I say that is because Jagger was in a slander lawsuit with the newspaper, the News of the World, because they said that people saw him doing drugs at a party thrown by the Moody Blues. Now, Mick said that's absolutely not true. Well, whether it is or whether it isn't, you know, that just threw him right to the top of Pilcher's gotta go get him list. Gotta have it. And so in 1967, later 1967, uh, the Pilcher people showed up on force and nailed them both on and. Amphetamines, which if you remember at the first break, uh-huh. I told you use of amphetamines became against the crown, so you could be thrown in jail for it, and also stating they allowed the flat to be used for smoking weed. Did they? Probably. No, they didn't. When all was said and done, each of them, Mick and Keith, paid $200 bail, meaning 400 total, and it went absolutely no further. Mick Jagger was asked about it again by the News of the World, which he was in a slander suit with, and he stated, I think this is the end of the fun in London. Wow. And now... Take a moment for news of the world. That's right. Rolling Stones respectable here on Rock School. Coming out of Mick and Keith, who got nailed by Semolina Pilcher, as they used to call him, Groupie Pilcher. Let's go into seven days and 70 seconds, and then I'll come back and I'll tell you about John Lennon being nailed by Pilcher. And it's not sort of a jokey joke thing like Mick and Keith, where you're going to pay a couple of hundred dollars and walk away. Well, this was annoying. Oh, no, it goes so much farther with John Lennon. So... I'm Joe Burns. You are? Tammy Burns. Let's do seven days and 70 seconds. Here are the rock and roll dates, June 8th through June 14th. You got Monday, Tammy. Go. June 8th, 1969, the Rolling Stones fire founding member Brian Jones. He's dead one month later. June 9, 2017, Gene Simmons of KISS files a trademark application for the devil horns hand gesture, which he claims he invented... (laughs) 
No, we didn't. Woo! Back in 1974. June 10th, 1972, Sammy Davis Jr., the Candyman, hits number one in America. And here's the one we pitched for you at the beginning of the show. June 11th, 1966, Donovan becomes the first rock star busted for drugs by the newly vigilant London Drug Squad. June 12th, 1965, Sonny and Cher make their U.S. television debut at debut debut singing <laughs> Just You on American Bandstand. June 13th, 1969, at a press conference debut in London, Mick Taylor is introduced as the new guitarist of the Rolling Stones, replacing Brian Jones. And June 14th, 1964, workers at a London railway station open a tea chest addressed to the Beatles Ooh. and find 12-year-old Carol Dryden. She attempted to mail <gasps> herself to the group. No. She was on the verge of suffocating. Now look, I don't make any guarantees. I don't make any guarantees. But when I put together that seven days and 70 seconds, I thought that was such a great story. I may do an entire show. Why do I not know about that? Isn't that fun? I'll try to do an entire show off it, but again, no guarantee. 11.55 a.m. Friday, 18th, October, 1968. John Lennon's Montague Flat. Lennon was tipped off that here comes Pilcher. Because mm-hmm. again, Pilcher wanted this to be in the in the press, and the press thought it was great if they would then tip off the people who are coming. Yeah. It says here there's a knock at the door and a woman's voice outside screaming, I have a message for you. Yoko is screaming, who are you? You're not a postman. She says, no, no, no. It's It's very personal. And according to the story, Lennon yells at her, ring the lawyer, quick. Lennon leans out the window and asks for the warrant to be read aloud. Absolutely legal. Uh Uh-huh. Absolutely legal. Somebody comes to your house with a search warrant, you have every right. To lean out the window. Well, or to ask the warrant to be read to you. Now, you can't stop them from coming in, but you sure as goodness exists have the right to know why. You can't stop them, but you certainly have the right to know why. Well, it didn't matter. The initial sweep by Pilcher and his group found nothing, and then in came the dogs. And if you do any further research into Pilcher, you're going to find he had two dogs, Yogi and Boo Boo. I know it sounds like I'm making that You're up. making it. You're making a lot of stuff up. <laughs> Yogi and Boo Boo were the names of the dog. And what happened was they found, quote, residue. My assumption yeah. is they found bupkis. But he, Pilcher, needed uh-huh. You know, an arrest. Here, boo-boo. So at noon, or a little bit better, Yoko Ono and John Leonard are transported over to Paddington Police Station, and they pay a $150 pound and they le- a £150 fine, and they leave. And you say, okay, so what, Joe? It sounds like the other ones. It was enough to trigger a deportation order against John Lennon in 1971 to kick him out Get him of out. the United States, if you remember. Yes, I uh, do. Uh, Nixon yes. went after him. Right. Also, Yoko Ono says it contributed to the couple losing customer of her daughter, Kyoko. So this grab, mm-hmm. this stupidity yes. that Pilcher did, once it's on the books... 
terrible, terrible things can happen. And they did, And yeah. in the case of John and Yoko, two terrible things happened. So, there you have it. John Lennon, whatever gets you through the night, it's first number one after the Beatles in Rock School. Okay, into the second break. In early 1968, Eric Clapton, who, by the way, was a known heavy drug user. Right. Clapton lived in a flat at 152 Kings Road known as the Pheasantry. Spell that P-H, Pheasantry. The thing about it is, Eric was tipped off by Ginger Baker, the drummer for Cream. Okay. Ginger Baker was contacted by the press and said, is Eric in jail yet? And of course, Mr. Baker said, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, Oh, yes. Pilcher's on his way. Yeah, right. So telephone calls are made real quick. He, meaning Clapton, is put on a plane to Ireland. I mean, they just didn't move him across town. Get him out. They got him out of the country. I understand it's still under the crown, but (laughs) goodbye. The raid does take place, and Clapton's friend, Martin Sharp, who, by the way, designed all of the albums for, like, Disraeli Gears and the other Cream albums, Mm -hmm. he happened to be at the flat. He... Yes. Uh, you know, Pilcher had to have someone. So, so he they, took him? He busted that no. dude. No. It didn't matter whether it was Clapton's stuff or not. He was he taking was at somebody. The flat. Right. So they took him and it made for yet more publication. Who's listening to us here on the Rock School Show? KSRQ, Thief River Falls, Minnesota. Gotta head up there one of these days. Back in a minute here on Rock School. Break October 1968. Well, you you've hit other people in the Beatles. You might as well go after Ringo Starr. Pilcher and a squad raids Ringo Starr's apartment in London to search for illicit drugs. However, Ringo Starr is not there. 
He's living in the good old U.S. of A., or at least he's there. John Lennon and Yoko Ono were staying there temporarily no. while their house had work. No. Being done on it. However, once again, they were contacted by the press. So Yoko Ono and John Lennon went bonkers, wiping the place clean of drugs and all of that. It's one of the few times that Pilcher walked away with Bupkis. And I think the reason he was okay was because he had nailed Lennon earlier. Oh, I know why he was okay. Why was he okay? Bobo wasn't there. Bo- Do you mean... Do you mean boo-boo? Is it boo-boo? Yeah, Yogi and boo-boo. Aw. Hey, boo-boo. He left him at home. There was not a picnic basket to be found. I am the greatest Ringo star here on Rock School. When I was a little boy Way back home in Liverpool My mama told me was great March 12, 1969, really the last of Pilcher's, uh, groupie Pilcher's big busts. It was the Beatles. He was trying to hit the biggest of the yes, big. Yes, he was. Again, March 12, 1969, George Harrison's Escher estate is raided by this London drug squad. Interestingly enough, it happened on the same day as Paul McCartney and Linda Eastman's wedding. Now, Patty Boyd, who was married to George Harrison at the time, would recall this in her autobiography, Wonderful Tonight, which, by mm-hmm. the way, you and I have both read. Right. Quote, suddenly I heard a lot of cars on the gravel drive. Far too many to be just George. My first thought was that maybe Paul and Linda wanted to come to and have some party before the wedding. Boyd said, then the doorbell rang, I opened it, and a policewoman and a dog were standing outside. My guess is it was Yogi or Boo Boo, (laughs) or Bobo. At that moment, the back doorbell rang, and I thought, I am surrounded by police. They indeed went after the house. They found 120 joints. Now that's thinking ahead. That's what you give to everybody who comes to the wedding. (laughs) That's thinking ahead, ladies and gentlemen. 120. Harrison was summoned back from Abbey Road Studios when he was arrested when he got there. Believe it or not, she as in his wife, Patty Boyd, made tea for everybody. They made bail, went to the wedding, pled guilty on March 31st, and if you could believe it, paid a fine. There you go. $250? I don't have the amount of the fine. However, that's really the last of Pilcher's. Now, he did many other ones, Mm -hmm. but that's really the last of his big, giant, name busts when we get back which will probably be the last break of the show i will tell you what happened to pilcher please and it ain't good george harrison here on rock school Give me love, give me love, give me peace on earth, 
to the last break. Okay, what happened to Pilcher? All the time he was doing this, a lot of people, not just Donovan, not just George Harrison, not just the other Beatles, a lot of people were complaining that all of the drugs were planted. Although it has never been specifically proven that they were, what finally took Pilcher down was a smuggler by the name of Basil Sands. He was caught with a bunch of drugs, and Pilcher testified that he was an informant and was not involved in the drugs. And the reason was, was because he didn't want this guy, Basil Sands, to stop feeding him information. So he, uh, Pilcher, Mm -hmm. basically committed perjury, basically lied to a, a jury because he didn't want this guy going to jail because he gave so much good information. Yeah, not a good idea. Pilcher was convicted of perjury and fled to Australia. Sand did seven years, by the way. That's the guy who uh, was actually the drug dealer. They, the British police, went to Australia, got him, brought him back, put him in jail for four years, much longer than all of his victims combined. The fellow who finally sentenced him, his name was Justice Melford Stevens. He said, quote, you poisoned the wells of criminal justice and set about it deliberately. He gets out again in four years, and Norman Pilford passes away quietly in 2011. My goodness. That's the story of Semolina Pilcher climbing up the Eiffel Tower. That is wonderful. Now, uh, if you're interested, in 1978, uh, the the Ruttles, which is really Monty Python, mm-hmm. they came up, obviously, with the Ruttles and made fun of the Beatles. If you watch the movie, there's a person in there called Brian Plant. That is Pilcher. Sweet. Okay? Yeah. And also in 2003, Primus released a song called Pilcher's Squad, and that's the one we're going to end on. I'm Joe Burns. I am Tammy Burns. Now you know the story of Semolina Pilcher. That's it. Class is dismissed. Sergeant Pilcher, Sergeant Pilcher, genius Sergeant Pilcher, he's found a way to make them pay for the deviant things they do and say, Sure with his master plan, the purity of the motherland, Sergeant Pilcher. In October 1968, in the heart of Montague Square, was a rumor of some deviation, so Pilcher's squad was there. Though it was determined before the intrudes, the plot was fully cleared. When Pilcher arrived and made his inspection, the high sheets magically appeared. Pilcher, Sergeant Pilcher, ingenious Sergeant Pilcher. He's found a way to make them pay for the deviant things they do and say. Pilcher, Sergeant Pilcher, quick witted Good job.